Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Bees Tactical Podcast, where we try to get under the bonnet of all things tactical and statistical at Brentford. I'm David Anderson, your host for today, and the lucky charms continue to work their magic because joining me to discuss our second win in a row is my good friend Jonathan Hope. Jonathan, how are we this fine day in uh, post-back-to-back victories? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good, really good. Um, just aside from football, it was nice chatting. Um, <laughs> nice chatting stags with you just then. Yeah. Uh, we're both <laughs> going to be heavily involved in stag dues over the weekend, so um, the quality of our output might dip. But you're um, you're attending one this Absolutely. weekend, and I have my own the following weekend. So yeah, these might be the last sane <laughs> yeah. podcast we did for a while. But um, yeah, really good. Yeah, it's bizarre to think <laughs> that this is the same bunch of players on that like shocking run since the turn of the year, but. Yeah, we're talking after Burnley, the 2-0 win. Um, this feels like a completely different team, like a slight a slight tweak to the shape um, has done us wonders, really. The confidence in the team has skyrocketed and we, again, we look like we belong at this level. Um, what's your overall summary from the, from the weekend, Jonathan? Yeah, just, I think, um, I think at the end, just pure, you know, uh, just pure relief and just jubilation because just the ending was brilliant, you know, just to kind of, it, it, it was kind of going either way. It wasn't there wasn't much in it, um, and the fact that we we've come away two nil two nil winners was just it was a massive massive lift. And I just yeah we're sitting here a little bit comf- uh, more comfortably, aren't we? Uh, as to opposed a couple of weeks, we're a bit fidgety, but now you know after the two wins, we we're kind of almost looking up as opposed to down. And yeah, it was just it was just a. Yeah, I think everyone saw the scenes at the end. You know, it was honestly, I, just everyone was buzzing. Just it was just such a good feeling to come away from that game win because uh, a couple of weeks ago we probably would have lost that. So yeah, massive, massive result. Yeah, it was big, wasn't it? I think the way the the way the game ends sometimes can determine like how you perceive the rest of the game. So you can have a really rubbish, you can have like a poor game, but then you score a couple of goals late on, and it can feel like. It's just an, it's it's much better than it was, but I don't think that was the case. I think we were quite good throughout it. It was it was even, but I think we were okay. And then to finish how we did, that it felt like we just had that little gear in us right at the end, which was really nice to see. But I'm going to do a quick summary of um of the match. Um, 
So yeah, so Brentford started again with that same eleven that started against Norwich, and um, we've continued on with that four-three-three shape, which has just clearly revitalised the team. Um, there was a couple of early openings, uh, either way for each side, wasn't there? Um, and Bermo has blazed one over from a Tony layoff, and McNeil with that sort of fifty pence <laughs> diving header, which he got a good look at and um, plenty of time to get right, but just got it all wrong. But I think it was definitely us that controlled the first half and like just the bigger efforts and bigger moments. Um, Ericsson fourth Pope into that really good low save down to his right and he tucked it around the corner, around the post well. Um, yeah, it was, it was niggly in midfield as we probably expect with uh, Westwood and Brownhill. Yeah, they, they get through such a lot of work and Norgard, I think Norgard did quite well as that deepest midfielder. He was having quite a positive impact, impact um, supported by Ericsson and um, Vitali and Nell and yeah, special mention for Vitali and Nell, who looked like he's um, just been given that nudge to confuse and get beyond and be a bit more of that that more attacking midfielder who can just hit the box a little bit and just confuse um, confuse the opposition. But yeah, similar to Norwich, we rode our luck a couple of times, didn't we? And all our hard work was nearly undone when Corne was played through by that awful misplaced Rico Henry pass. I think it, I say awful, I think it was just unlucky, slightly off, and Pinnock just didn't read it and took a while on his weaker foot and just off balance. And then Corne was in and Rea made an awesome 1v1 one, one save. Uh, save. So, yeah, I, I was thinking about Corne bending one into, top, into the top corner when, um, like he did up at Turf Moor, but um, luckily it was nothing like that. And, yeah, other, other things of note, I guess, and Bermo and Sergi both had sort of efforts blocked and, and just did quite well in the attacking phases, just looked lively. And Bemo a little bit unlucky, but it felt like it needed that individual spark, didn't it, to separate the two teams? And yeah, step forward, Jay Rodriguez, and he's just nearly killed us from distance. Just smashing one from um, just that sort of left half play, half space inside channel, just cutting across the ball from distance, dipping, just rattled the bar. And Ray was, just, I don't think Ray knew what day of the week it was. He was just stood there rooted and. Yeah, just as momentum starts to build from us, um, build again, like from us. And yeah, we're we're the ones with a ruthless streak with Ericsson picking up the ball. Wonderful goal. We'll talk about it in a bit more depth, um, in a bit more depth in a minute. But yeah, just an awesome quick acceleration as weak of foot. And then they they kind of stand off him thinking, is he going to turn onto his right? But he doesn't. He just hits it with his left. And it's a lovely ball, which is supposed to be from his weak of foot. And Tony just heads back across goal and gives Pope no chance. And then five minutes later... Uh, Ericsson's putting Tony in again and um, Tony's doing what Tony does now, just slows himself down at the right point, wins a penalty and uh, dispatches if there's any ever any doubt in that. And yeah, it finishes 2-0 Bs and it, it was just in crazy scenes at the end, wasn't it? It was awesome. But um, yeah, what, <laughs> what a huge three points, which again felt like six, mate, didn't they? Yeah, mate, just, just massive points. I think, again, similar to last week, I think if you lose the game, uh, psychologically, it's a, it's a massive blow. Um, but the win just gives us that massive platform to kind of go on and build. And, you know, as opposed, you know, we're, we're sitting a little bit more comfortably now and we kind of, you know, I, I hate to say it, but you, you're almost looking at our next few games and going, it's not, you know, we not take our foot off the pedal, it's the wrong word. It's kind of, it's, it's not do or die, if that makes sense. We can kind of go into it now and go, you know, we play a little bit more freedom. We seem to have a bit of a settled side, and yeah, just just a massive three points. When it could have gone either way, it was a very it was a very territorial game. It was very back and forth. So yeah, just to come out against a side who, as I said last week, I think Burnley have just got a knack of grinding results out, and um, whether that's a point or three points, they they don't show that much 
you know, individual quality. I think that's the right word. I think they just, as a team collective, they can really sort of grind the sort of momentum out of games and kind of swing it in their favour. And the fact that we've kind of got away with a few of hairy moments and, you know, that would have just been typical if that Rodriguez goal goes flying in the top corner. You'd just be like, oh, what can you do? Like, But, you know, we, we kept going and as the game got a little bit more stretched and, yeah, we just took our chances at the end where, where it mattered most. So, yeah, a huge three points, mate. Huge, absolutely massive. Yeah, it was monster points, wasn't it? I think if you look at Burnley's position now, just um, plonked in the middle of the relegation zone, they'd have looked at this game and thought, away to Brentford. Um, if we can get some points here, we drag them right back into it. But <clears throat> you're looking at the league table now and um, with Watford and Leeds winning, Burnley are, Burnley are right in it, aren't they? And I, I think it's quite... Well, I, I kind of agree. They're, they're a good unit, aren't they? And that's what they are. They're a unit. They've they've had a little bit of a flurry with um, Weekhorst and he's come in and given them a bit of vitality up front. But you do wonder, are they going to come out of their shape enough? Are they going to have enough in attack to get themselves out of this now? Um, you just don't know, do you? But yeah, I, I think it was a nice matchup for us. We spoke about this at the end of last week's one, didn't we? We said that um, the four-three-three might actually be better for us than that that three-five-two we started with last um, at last match. I think... Um, Sergi and um, and Bermo wide, just getting behind um, <clears throat> behind their wingers and just testing their fullbacks and getting one v one with those. I think it was a better matchup in the middle. We had three v two and we had a bit more depth, didn't we? Like Ericsson dropped with Norgar, but then he got forward and Yanel was a, like advanced of those two, but also worked back and forth. I, I think we just we looked a little bit more the fluid team. I mean, they got a lot of crosses into the box and tested us, but I, I think the teams were matched up nicely, and I think we definitely got. We definitely, in the end, got on the better side of that. What, what do you think about the two shapes? Yeah, I, I found I found it, you know, quite fascinating. Kind of watching it back, if anything, um, I think certainly watching the game live, you kind of noticed that Yen out was the kind of the furthest forward man in the midfield. And watching it back, it, it was kind of a lot of the time we were kind of in a four-two-four sort of shape where we were trying to look, trying to occupy their back four. Um, it was almost we were trying to commit players to come and mark us and try and get drag them away and a lot of the first half watching the game you'd see Sergi and um, Ericsson just really trying to switch we were trying to switch to play really really quickly because Burnley want to be compact they want to kind of press the ball uh, well well, they've kind of evolved Burnley where they used to go and sit in a low block they've kind of evolved their style a little bit where they they want to kind of uh, break up the space and they want to kind of uh, limit you and try and want you to create worldly balls if that makes sense they want you to do something a little bit special uh, and the three balls I think especially in the first half out Mbwemo was superb and we were trying to get him 1v1 um, and yeah I, I think it it was really fascinating watch we, we with Yen out he was kind of the he was kind of being just used as a like um yeah, I think as a utility man's probably the best word for it because he was really trying to Go and support Tony. He was going to kind of try and uh, uh, try and pin Burnley back as as much as possible. We were trying to win the second balls, and um, yeah, I think with Norgard, Eriksson, Yenel, we kind of managed to control the midfield, and we knew that we kind of had to shift Westwood and uh, Brownhill all over the shop to kind of make sure they didn't get any sort of foothold in the game. So yeah, it was it was a really interesting battle that I, I felt like in the first half we sort of won. Um, and certainly in the second half, they Yanel didn't push as forward as much as in behind, but he certainly supported, and that gave Tarkovsky a bit of like, do I go touch tight? Do I not? So it gave them a bit of a 
through for thought. So, yeah, interesting, interesting um, tactically. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to talk about it as well. Um, Gary Bees asks, how is John? Uh, how is Justice Silver going to fit back into the team? He's too good to leave out, but we can't drop someone either. And it, it kind of just points to how good Jim um, Yanel's performance was, especially in that first half. I think if you're looking at, if you're trying to prep for these games and you look back at the last one, you think, what can we do better this time? Well, I think they thought, let's get Yanel closer to Tony and then let's, <clears throat> let's try if we can get Yanel up to like up against Tarkovsky and Collins and just confuse them that way because there's no way they're going to be expected we're going to play Yanel at the first of the three. They're probably going to think we're going to get Ericsson to try and join in. But it was just so clever to have Ericsson slightly deeper outplay and just sort of out battle um, um, the two Bernie centre mids and just have Norgard, I'm sorry, just have Yanel steaming around and just trying to be that advanced midfielder. It was a really clever tactic and I think it definitely worked. It wore them down, didn't it? Um, but yeah, back to Justice Silva quickly. <laughs> how is he going to get back into this team? Um, might go into a little bit of detail about like how players are different and what they bring to teams. And if you, if you think about the Silva, he... He quite likes the ball to feet, doesn't he? There's not much running beyond. He doesn't like say, all right, hit it 20 yards in front of me and I'm going to run onto it. He drops. He wants it to his feet. He wants to sort of swivel people and turn and roll. Whereas Yanelt, and this, I remember um, chatting to Jake, um, Bees Analytica, a a while ago about this. And he wasn't as hot on him as I was a while ago. And I could, I could see it in him. He's got, he's got everything. He can come short, but he can go beyond. He can get beyond the forward line. He's just an absolute unit. And, I quite like that, the fact that he doesn't always need it to feet and that he is a willing runner as well. Um, yeah. How, how does Josh get yeah. back into this team? <laughs> Maybe his left foot's got something to do yeah, with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the only problem I had with, you know, is that I thought box to box wise, I thought he was superb. You know, that's what he is, a massive engine. There was just so, there was just a few uh, times in the game where we kind of broke in between the lines and Yanel was picking the ball and that's just kind of when we needed that little bit of extra quality on the ball and so when the question I saw earlier is like where does the silver kind of fit into that you know at that time you're thinking if the silver did have that ball you know you're thinking A he's probably going to have a little bit more quality on the ball and two is he going to have that little bit more physique a little bit more drive to kind of go and create an opportunity not to say that Yanel can't it can't it's just you're probably looking at probably more of a, an established player in that position. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think if you want to look at the silver, if anything, the silver probably fits more in the Ericsson role at the moment, where he probably sits a little bit deeper, picks it up from deep, mm. um, and then drives forward with the ball. Um, so I'd say Ericsson and the silver have probably got probably more likeness towards one another in regards to the player position. But just obviously, Ericsson has that just ridiculous vision and quality. You know that that quarterback sort of role, whereas the silver would kind of be that more of a you know driving forward from deep. So, yeah, it's, it's a really tough one. I mean, what a fantastic option. The only thing I could say is that the Silver's been out for all the season. He has, you know, he hasn't, he's barely played. He's played at Arsenal and a few sub-appearances. So, um, he's, he's a fantastic option from the bench, for one. Um, I, I, I still think it's, it, it depends, again, on who you're playing. I think um, if we want to kind of make sure, if we want to have, Games like we were want Saturday, where we can have our wingers wide and we want someone to go and join in, then, you know, maybe Yanel is the man for that, where, you know, we kind of can fall back into that 4 5 1, 4 3 3 shape. But when we need to go forward and kind of occupy the back four, then, you know, that's where Yanel will be perhaps, you know, more favoured. But there are other times where perhaps we need to control the ball a little bit more, drive a little bit from the transition from deep, then perhaps that's where the silver comes in. So, what a fantastic option to have. 
um, I would still, I, I still think it would have been a fasc- fascinating to see what had actually occurred in that Newcastle game because mm. how it was transpiring to me is that the Silver was actually going to play off the right hand side in that game. Um, I know that, that was purely because the Tony was out and we were pretty much lacking in options, but I would have still been really intrigued to see how the Silver would have come off that the wing and kind of come inside and pick the ball up on the half turn in that sort of areas. We we will we may never know, or we may see that in the future. You never know. Um, so yeah, I, I think if you, in my personal opinion, if you certainly put the eleven men out on the pitch of your best eleven, um, no disrespect to Canos, but I'd, you'd probably put the uh, silver in the ahead of Canos. But it's about putting them all in a team together where it all suits their sort of um, their qualities and perhaps putting the silver on the wing or whoever else, you know, kind of putting people at square pegs and round holes again. So it's, it's a real fascinating one. And, but just what a fantastic option, because once the silver comes back into that team, you're, you know, it's, it's strengthening us, strengthening us, certainly not weakening, weakening us, is it? Oh God. Yeah. Think how many teams would just love to have him <laughs> just brought in and yeah, in reserve at the moment. Um, yeah. We're very lucky. And I guess, yeah, we just have to look at it as a positive. Um <clears throat> last 20 minutes of games or, or yeah, depending exactly as you said, depending on who we're playing, um, a different team might press us higher. We just want a bit of, a bit more quality on the ball deeper or just that drive. Yeah, exactly. As you're saying. Yeah. I, I guess it is opposition dependent, isn't it? And then also fitness as well. We're going to pick up injuries from now till, till the end of the season too. So yeah, um, he'll definitely get some game time. <clears throat> I'm sure he'll go, <laughs> he'll be banging on Frank's door to play and um, you can't really keep saying you're not good enough to get in the team because he is quite good so we'll see we'll see um just to switch up a little bit defensively I wanted to just talk about Pinnock a little bit um I think he had a yeah, quite a big game yesterday definitely more active than he's been in a few other games with like, how much Burnley cross and the, the sort of team they are I thought he was I, th- I thought he was a bit of a lion yesterday um Janssen's kind of always Janssen at the same kind at the same level but this back four is I think what I've what I've noticed is just Pinnock's not dragged out to the left as much, and I think he is defending the box a little bit more. And um, as Rico was that left wing back that got forward a bit, and I know he tucked in a lot, but I, I felt like Pinnock just sometimes got dragged out to the wing where he's not the best. I prefer him just defending the box and, and being a commanding presence there. What, what did you think of his performance? Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was Pinnock's one of his best performances um, uh, this season. You know, it's more of like earlier on in the season where I thought he was just, you know, man mountain. He was brilliant. Um, not just airily, but I thought uh, there was a couple of moments where I thought Corne sort of broke and he just broke up with some brilliant, just last it sort of tackles. And he, he, he kind of really set the tone of like, just really, really good defensively. And yeah, he, he's, I think we touched on it a little bit last, well, last week, because we talked about the Aya Janssen and Pinnock sort of scenario. And Pinnock, when he's playing like that, and Janssen, I thought, also had a really, really good game. They're, they're undroppable, aren't they? So, uh, yeah, he he was superb. He was so good. Yeah, he was a class act, wasn't he? And then um, <clears throat> when you just add in like things like long throws and um, the danger he can create from that, it's he's just such a quality defender. And just you think about what you'd what you'd pay for Pinnock as well. And we've had him for just a few million. We've just basically stolen him from Barnsley a few years ago. And he's just a quality Premier League defender, isn't he? So we're so lucky to have him. But yeah, really good output. Um, Shepard and Corney, <clears throat> headers out of the box, set pieces. He's just a real asset. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to give him a little mention, actually, because I thought he, he sometimes goes a bit under the radar, doesn't he? And he just deserved um, deserved calling out for how quality he is or how, how well he played as well. Um, <clears throat> a little bit more on the attacking front now. I think um, I said it to you a few weeks ago. I, was, I, was, I always wonder whether and how they 
how the club actually view these players and where they do, how highly they really rank them. And to me, Sergi is one of those ones that I think is in the team because of his work rate and his fitness and his effort and just how long he, how much he can just keep going. And sometimes not because of his quality, but um, I, I thought he was quite good on the weekend, one of his best attacking displays in a while. And I don't know if it was because of Burnley's four four two, just giving him that space between the right back and the the right winger. But really mobile in this game, looked lively, didn't he? <clears throat> Created a good few chances. Unlucky not to finish himself as well. Yeah, I thought he played really, really well. Um, I think it was quite noticeable is that I think Ericsson and Canos kind of play on the same side together. Um, and that's where Yanout and Mbwemo kind of played on the other side. So where Yanout was kind of making them runs to occupy the left back and the left centre half, um, trying to isolate uh, Mbwemo, I thought Sergi and Christian Eriksen were just constantly just trying to put these beautiful balls over to Mbwemo. And yeah, um, Sergi has that ability just to get up and down as well. I think we've seen it. And um, I thought I thought he played really, really well on Saturday. He, kind of, he, he just kind of gives absolutely everything. He kind, he kind of seems to blow himself out really, really uh, quite quickly though. And he, he just seems to give absolutely everything. And I think certainly when we're on the transition as an out ball, where you know he's going to go and carry the ball from deep as well. I think it's such a, it's such a key component to our team, yeah. Mm. How much happier do you think he is playing like <laughs> left wide forward instead of left wing back? It's such a subtle, well, I mean, it sounds subtle <laughs> on paper, doesn't it? But it is quite a big thing, isn't it? Well, I mean, he's he's facing forward, he's, he's going forward as opposed to having to look over his shoulder and running backwards. So he's, he's more in a natural position, you know, he wants to go and take on players, he wants to go and affect affect things higher up. I, I, he, I'd love to know his mindset, you know, when he's got the likes of, I don't know, what, Saka and stuff like that running at him. He must have just been like, this is just isn't my job and stuff like that. This so, isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not what I signed up for. So, But he's, yeah, he's a goal for it. And uh, I think the goals will, will come again for him. And yeah, I think you can see he's just a little, he, we, we just have a little bit more of a natural balance when he's out there. And I think with Whistler as well coming on, gives you a bit of a different dimension as well because he's, probably a bit more of a, a centre forward playing off the wing. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's coming coming across quite nicely at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he had a really good game. Um yeah, just looked a little bit more like his old self. And maybe that's that's what it is. Like we sometimes might expect just a bit too much and it's that one big performance in four or three that we probably are at with him. When you think he's one of the only, well, he is. He's the only survivor from team from the team from years and years ago, um, playing with sort of Dean and <laughs> and other players as well. He's still there, improving and and getting better and fitter. And um, yeah, maybe we just uh, <clears throat> just demand a bit too much, like this week out of week, uh, week after week, sort of perfect ten performances when he is going to have a dip, and especially when you're playing him out of position too. Um, but yeah, an- another good game. Um, where are we on to now? Let's have a quick look. Uh, I want to move on to Christian Eriksen as well. Yeah, that's what we'll go to. Um, James asks, thoughts on the way Christian Eriksen and Canos are being used in this new formation would be good. Is the 4-3-3 going to get us more chances in open play, especially for Ivan? I think that's um, quite an easy one to answer. <laughs> yeah, I think just I think you can see just from the game, like we're committing more players forward and um, I think we're taking a few more risks. And I think... With Ayer, who is a centre half, essentially playing at right back, you, you rarely see him coming and joining in the attacks. Um, and essentially, what that does is just gives us a platform. You know, with uh, quite a fair a few times in the second half, Ayer was just kind of tucking around, and we were kind of creating that three with Ayer, Janssen, and Pinnock, with perhaps Henry just pushing on a little bit. Um, so even when we're 
we've committed players forward. We've still got that steady base, a kind of if if the opposition gone in transition, and that's what I quite like. You know, uh, too many times we're playing a free, um, a five three two or where it was. You know, when we're going forward, we just haven't got the play. We haven't the, the shape didn't allow us to kind of break or commit that many players forward. Uh, and just on Saturday, you could see that there were times we were playing we get four, four even five players joining the attack. We're committing and uh, and. That will only create more chances. Uh, certainly in the first half, you know, the first with Ericsson's chance and uh, Mbremos and stuff like that. Where the dimension of how where that attack has occurred from, I can't see where that would have come from in the in a five three two. And so the four three three has given us a bit more flexibility. It's given us a bit more of a license to go and uh, kind of create stuff through the middle of the park to uh, our four players. So it's. It's certainly working so far, and the the main the key stat for me is you know we've scored five goals in two games, and for me, uh, previously in previous weeks we barely looked like we were having a shot on target. Um, so I think that pretty much tells a story um, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, bang on, isn't it? In, in its purest form, we just we look like a goal scoring team again. Um, three five two, and I think if we think back a couple of years, if you were managing this team and you were thinking, you remember back in the championship where we we were playing four through three every week and. Canis and Vermo just couldn't hit a barn door and <clears throat> Tony was in the middle, just quite isolated. There are times when I think teams just need to freshen up and a change and we needed to move from that 4-3-3. It wasn't working for us then. People had just sussed us out a little bit mm-hmm. and you needed to change. And <clears throat> I think the coaching staff hated the also, idea. Also, also, I think they hated the idea. Also, of sorry, mate, as well. also mate, sorry. Interrupts. Also, in the championship, you've got to remember when we were playing 4-3, uh, 4-3-3, um, teams were sitting in a low block against us. Um, this this doesn't occur in the Premier League because we're essentially the underdogs going into every game. Where there's when we do break forward, there's going to be a little bit more space to go and attack in. Um, I remember a game specific. I think it was Birmingham at home. I think it was on a Tuesday night. They just sat in the low block, and I remember Brian and Braymo being stuck on the right hand side, and he was just as soon as he got the ball, we have three players on him. When we got the ball to Brian on Saturday, it's just one on one, and it's up to Brian to then go and beat your man one v one. But when you've got three men around you, you kind of feel a bit sorry because you just we're sat in a low block and the three at the back last season made so much sense because it kind of allowed us that flexibility with Norgard dropping in to kind of we had more centrally. Uh, whereas now teams are going to come onto us. We can kind of break and the two wings can come off the line. And yeah, just it depends on who you're playing. If, if you, and that's the variety that I think we just kind of asked for this season. You just want a bit more flexibility. Mm, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to get to, wasn't it? That that three five two was a necessity. It needed to. It felt like it needed to change. We needed to get two players central, and we weren't getting anywhere with the wingers, and we were just getting bogged down and having to come back, and we were just getting broken on, and <clears throat> it, it wasn't great. But three five two was what we needed then, and then it, it felt like we've played three five two for a bit too long in this league, and four three three was what we needed a little bit sooner. Yeah, I think they probably got it right in looking back. We probably have got it spot on timing wise but yeah it's um it's definitely it's definitely going to lead to more chances just simply because as what you were saying like the 4-2-4 and what really you're attacking sometimes as well we're just leaving three back and uh, it's like a 3-7 as well you can just commit players forward and just really go for it and it's it's just a nicer balance and it's all about <clears throat> who you've got on the pitch so now we've um it feels like we've just got more attacking players on the pitch instead of one of giving an attacking player a more defensive role and asking him to join in it's much harder so the balance is definitely there for us to be a more attacking team. And, and Ivan certainly feels a little bit happy as well. But 
whether it is just the formation or whether it's to do with another player, um, Christian Eriksen. <laughs> yeah, what a player he is. Another, I think Burnley are just furious that he's, <laughs> that he's been playing against them. Um, yeah, he was quality again, wasn't he? I think. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A few weeks ago now, we just mentioned just briefly mentioned about his his weak foot quality but I'm, I'm not sure his left foot is actually his weaker foot anymore I mean it, it clearly is but he's so balanced off both feet isn't he like that cross for the goal was uh, there aren't many players that can probably hit that that well um yeah talk what talk us through your um your sort of yeah, how you perceived his game and then that that sort of sumptuous cross yeah just just every time he gets the ball he's always looking forward he always wants to play forward he's he, he seems like he just has that, he reads the game so well, he's almost looking two steps ahead to everyone else. He kind of knows where to be. He's scanning, you know, I think has been highlighted that he's just always scanning. He knows where his teammates are. And yeah, he, can't, he almost goes in a bit of slow motion when he gets the ball. Like, um, yeah, it's just, he's he's just so good. And I love how positive he is with the ball. Like, he's he's not, he's not sideways merchant or whatever you want to call it. He's just, he, all, his first touch is always forward. He kind of takes risks, and when you have the quality of him on the ball, it, it just works. And when it comes off, it just looks so so good. Um, that cross just—it's uh, just—it's ridiculous. It's just so good. Mm, yeah, he's class, isn't he? I, th- I think he's. Yeah, when you see him, just you're surprised by his agility and his just speed of movement, and just how much he turns. And then over the first couple of yards, he's actually quite quick. And there was a ball. Um, 
Oh, it was for Tony's penalty, actually. I think if you think how late that is in the game, um, he's obviously played in Tony and Tony's running and being chased down by Collins. But if you watch Ericsson hit the box at the pace he does, I mean, he could overtake Tony and Collins in that situation. The foul's obviously mm-hmm. given, and he, but he could have been in that box for a tap-in. Um, just really charging around and, yeah, just an incredible athlete. I think, um, yeah, we're just just really lucky to see him play. But, yeah, that left-footed cross, I think Frank said it in one of his interviews afterwards as well. It made me chuckle that he mentioned that it was supposedly his weaker foot as well. So they're obviously seeing him in training, like just pinging them into top corner and just crossing them in. And it's probably quite normal to them. But other parts that are quite interesting as well, it's just the -the off-the-ball runs. It's another thing we've mentioned as well before. Like they they weren't coming for Eric, um, for and like poor Jensen. Like he'd get the ball, and uh, maybe it was a little bit of the formation as well. Um, but there just wouldn't be that movement. It would just be hitting the back post and just hoping for a knockdown, or or just going square, or him just waiting and just uh, there just wasn't much going on really. We just seemed like a real stale, static team. But yeah, we're completely different now, and a lot is down to just the way Ericsson can get around the midfield and. And how much is, um, mm-hmm. yeah, how just sort of offensive his first few touches are. That, that's what I think it is, isn't it? He doesn't, it's not so much like conservative. It's actually attacking mindset and, and moving forward and thinking, how can we get out of the pitch? And, and basically, if you're not going to mark me or if you're not going to press me or if you're going to give me a second, I'm just going to take a touch and try and go past you or, or advance up the pitch. So, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. And um, it's looking like um, yeah. one of those signings that, uh, just yeah, it's all just written in the stars, isn't it? You're, you're looking for a lift late on in the season when you, you're looking like you're going to get relegated, and all of a sudden this player comes in and rejuvenates the the whole place. Um, yeah. Something just more longer term, though, I was quite interested in. It's like what sort of I know it's looking into the future and a bit more crystal ball stuff, but what sort of players do you think we'd have to bring in to to kind of convince him to stay? Because I think that's what it is. It's not really money so much. I think he's a he's a very rich man I, I don't think he's going to command or even insist on like that that sort of 100k salary there's no way he's uh, i don't think so anyway um if you're looking around and thinking like what what sort of caliber the player or, or is it just the dream of brentford is enough and you tell him what we're trying to do building slowly um what, what do you think the caliber of player is that we could bring in to actually convince him to stay um i think I, I, in regards to a player, I mean, I have, I have absolutely no idea. I think it's just more about the vision of what we can say to him is the fact that we are a, a, a forward-moving club. Um, we're not looking to just settle on our uh, settle for what we have. We're always looking to improve, and we want to kind of keep keep progressing. And yeah, I, I think I think if uh, I, I can only imagine, you know, with the the sort of culture that we already have, you know, there's so many Danish players. We've got a Danish coach and stuff. So for him, it's you know he must be really really settled. I doubt that that just that in alone is just going to keep him at the club. But I think. If we can show that he's just a pivotal part to what we can do going forward and we aren't just looking to perhaps survive every year, we're not looking just to scrap. We are looking to kind of almost trying to emulate, you know, your Brighton's um, Aston Villa on a you know, a lot, lot lower budget and stuff like that. But, you know, try and have that sort of ex- attacking brand of football that will uh, show his qualities, will will suit him to the ground. Um yeah, I, I, I've got, I've, I've no idea, but I, I think that's the, probably the only way because I doubt we're gonna. I, I can imagine just on these performances alone, you're gonna have some very, you're gonna have some other clubs, some a lot bigger clubs, kind of come in with a lot bigger wage structure to try and um, get them away. So I think it's gonna be more the, the sort of philosophy and the sort of vision of the club that will probably have to 
try and sell it to him more as opposed to signings, I think. Yeah, I think I was leading to that as well. I don't think there is... I don't think we could pull off the kind of three or four key players that would actually probably satisfy. It would just be that, look how well we've treated you. This is this is a settled club. You're, I mean, yeah. you're definitely going to be loved here. You're going to be one of the best players. You're pretty much guaranteed on the team sheet as long as you're fit. Uh, we could start to think about the next couple of years and maybe stabilising. And <clears throat> and I think it's as we've as we've got better as a team and as we've improved and as we've demanded more of us if you look at the the type of players we've had to move around to we can't have as many developing players you do need more to stabilize you that are actually kind of done it and a bit more experience like Janssen how much football has he had before he came to us and um, Pinnock's played a lot as well Ericsson would have Ericsson played in Champions League finals hasn't he um it's just that next level and I, I think um you're thinking about who he opens the door to and maybe it is just a, a short-term thing and then we can bring in players off the back of him or who knows? Yeah, just we, we do get that that dream sold to him and he does hang around for another season. And um, yeah, gosh, we could be thinking about Europe, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, if, we can keep, if we can keep another year, then that would be amazing. I think that also the fact it's World Cup year as well. Um, they could literally say, look, stay here. You're guaranteed, um, you know, you're guaranteed 38 games if you're fit. Go to the World Cup with Denmark. I mean, I think there's even rumours that he might even get caught up in the next day, uh, the, day, the next Danish squad after two 90-minute games, which just literally highlights how good he is. Um, so, again, yeah, maybe the fact there's a World Cup as well, so might even go for us as well. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, we don't know about his old international ambitions. I think, as yeah, it would be a culmination of just a huge piece of his life for him wouldn't it just to say that something like that's happened and I'm coming back and it's not stopped me and I can still put in these performances and it's yeah just his fitness shocks me just you see him how much ground he's covering and and getting up and down it's it's just incredible um just looking at some of these other questions that were sent in actually I'll just go back to this one from Will Halsey quickly in the Twitter feed he was saying um something we've spoken about a little bit Janelle was keeping Josh De Silva's place warm but he's interested in what we might lose in pressing and defensive cover if Janelle drops drops out of the team and it also depends on Norgar's fitness perhaps but I think with a player like Ericsson if you if you look at how he because we think of him as an attacking player but he, he's actually spent a lot of time on the edge of his own box last um on Saturday didn't he just actually being a screen next to um, next to Norgard and just being um tenacious in there and, and just getting involved and being a body and being hard to get past so it's, it's just really interesting to see how many angles he does actually have to his game. It's not like he is an attacking midfielder. He's just probably known for that because he can hit balls with both feet and um, create well. But he's, he grew up at Ajax. I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of strings to his bow. And I, I don't think um, that deeper rolls out of the question either. I don't think you'd want him as the pivot. But I mean, as that sort of bit more sitting eight that doesn't actually, that isn't required to attack as much, but but just kind of get involved in some of that deeper play that lets other players get on, as you were saying, like spreading it out to the wide guys and letting them get one-on-one. -on -one. But yeah, really enjoy playing. Um, I really enjoy watching him and just can't wait to see him playing a bit more. It's um, it's brilliant. Yeah, I think it wasn't all it wasn't all positive against Burnley. I think um, I think there were a couple of situations where they got good crosses in. And I don't think you can... That That's like sort of their raison d'etre, isn't it? That's what they do. They get the ball wide and they put the ball into the box quickly and early. Um do you, do you think, I said Pinnock had a really good game, but there, there was that effort from um, McNeil where he ghosted in on the back post. It happened, I think a similar thing happened at Norwich. Also, I remember um, the Newcastle game as well, the 
3-3, I think it was. Or was it? It might have been reversed, but anyway, um, Wilson as well. Similar to effort, just ghosting in off the back post unmarked and just getting a good contact, but his went just wide. Uh, do you think defensively we have anything there on that on that ball far situation where we're just sleeping on it a little bit? Or is it just is it just you can't be perfect against the, all these Premier League teams and you are going to concede chances? I, I just think that that sort of, it, it's just it's such a common theme that a lot of teams just really try to kind of exploit because when you are putting in such areas, you do tend to have that sort of momentum from the forward player to kind of, um, and your defensive player is sort of caught on the heels a lot. We did it. We we were we that was what we were trying to do a lot on Saturday. If you watch if we watch the game back, a lot of uh, what we tried to do was putting the ball as deep as possible as we can. Hence the Tony goal, just trying to play off the shoulders. Um, and I think it's just a case of we've got to stop that cross um, first and foremost. But it is just can be so difficult because um, when you've when you've got that sort of like that player ghosting in, they've got all the momentum and. Sometimes you don't see them till late. And yeah, I think it's just a case of trying to be set up and make sure that cross doesn't come in in the first place would probably be my my uh, my first thought. Mm. I guess once it's in, you can't always control the... You can't control how good the delivery is, can you? And then also it's, it's just who's reacted quicker and who picks up that position and who picks up the flight sooner. And that's why forwards... Yeah, are good and and they can get into those positions because they can read where that ball's going to come. And then obviously it's from a player they've worked with all week or sort of for the last year or so. So they know the type of delivery they're putting in. But yeah, I think it's just something to watch out for a little bit. I think as we've, I mean, it's all, it's really jubilation really, because I think you saw the, you saw the scenes at the end of the game. I think we've done enough, but just something to watch out for. So it doesn't get a little bit hairier that we might have a little bat post issue or or that ball far issue, which, yeah, it might not just be us, as you were saying. It could be, it's, it might just actually be an attacking ploy that a lot of teams have, a weapon that loads of teams use. But we seem to, it seems like we're just going to be punished by it soon. That's all I think I was just getting at when you watch these games back. Um, yeah, anything else of the game that um, sort of caught your eye that you wanted to mention, Jonathan? Um, I think I think we've summed it up pretty nicely. I think the fact that we just, as supposed in previous weeks, where I think we've had one. Well, I say previous weeks. I mean, we've only played four three three at Norwich. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was just. I think the Yenat one was the main one, really, where you know he was really trying to occupy that centre half, and instead of perhaps even Sergio or Brian coming off the off the wings, they were kept really, really wide, and we tried to make the pitch as big as big as possible. I think. I think it must be highlighted. I think Norgard and Eriksen complement each other so, so well. Um, I think where Norgard has tried to be that sort of playmaker as to oppose that defensive midfielder, I think he's kind of, his now, his main focus is just being that holding midfielder. And for me, that's brilliant because that is what he's so, so, so good at. Um, and that's what, again, what Eriksen just brings. He just brings that absolute quality. Um and what we haven't touched on as well, I think I think I actually played pretty well on Saturday again. I think he really developed a little bit more on that side. Tough, tough game against McNeil. I think McNeil was a really good player. Um, but I thought I kind of really, again, grew into that right-back role. So um, po- positives all round. Um, yeah, I think just po- positives all round. I think 4-3-3, certainly going forward at the moment. Um, I think it's the way forward. Uh, but again, the coaching staff may feel that Game on game, game by game, they may feel that they just need to tweak it a little bit, and yeah, that's. I think that's what I, I personally would like to see. I just want that flexibility, game on game on game. Um, let's not become rigid. Make sure we keep the opposition guessing. 
And that's what we get. That's what, if you if we watch the second half, on it's just like Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky did not know whether to go and press Jana or not, and Jana just kind of sat a little bit deeper, deeper because we were just he kind of clocked on that he wanted that he wanted to invite that press from Tarkovsky to kind of create that space in behind for Brian to go and run in or Tony or Canos. So it's just that bit more flexibility, whereas perhaps we haven't seen it in in, in past uh, previous weeks. So yeah, all positive from our side. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. Um, just another question that I saw uh, that came in. Um, it's still on Vitali now. I think he's definitely caught everyone's eye this weekend. Um, but does he have a best role in midfield or is he a true utility player? And he seems to be able to fill in everywhere. And I think that is just an indictment of, yeah, just all of the roles he can fulfil. I think you picked on it earlier. I think if he had a, just that slightest bit of extra quality on the ball, which some of the others do possess, which he probably will develop and he'll just get better as he just um, gets used to playing at these faster paces as well and just with better players around him. But yeah, he I think he could be anything. And I'm, I'm absolutely sure that a lot bigger clubs are looking at you now and thinking he's only young as well. And if he's this good at this age, I don't think it'll be long before Germany are really seriously looking at him. And um, yeah, teams up the table too. Um, I'm going to finish on one player who is he's just... He's definitely a scapegoat for stick and he always has been. I think he always will be just because of how he looks and his size. And, and he just seems like he's not trying as much as the others. But Christian Eriksen, I'm sorry, <laughs> Matthias Jensen came on about 80 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> um, and at that stage, yeah, <laughs> at that stage, the game was just sort of petering out, wasn't it? But it kind of got a bit of momentum when he came on, didn't it? He had like a quite a good cameo. And then we go and score two goals. And it's like, we're all looking around and probably thinking, is Jensen actually on the pitch? Has this just happened? Um, he wasn't bad, was he? Yeah, I thought Jensen had a really good cameo, to be fair. Um, I think that's, again, I, as I've said in previous weeks, I, I, I did feel sorry for him because he's the player that, he, out of all the three midfielders, he was the one that you're kind of expecting that sort of, quotation marks Hollywood ball but as I said he was kind of his Hollywood ball would then be just going down the throats to centre arse because he's got no one to aim for um, so um, I quite liked his position actually because uh, you know dropped in didn't he he dropped into the Norgar role and Jensen got a kind of freed up and I thought Jensen he had good energy um, yeah I thought he linked up really well when he, when he received the ball because so, uh, he, he is a good football player Jensen he is a good football player and um, I think that's yeah something to keep an eye on. I think four three three, Jensen just like Ericsson, it, it would complement their styles more as opposed to a five three two where they're just that their options are tad limited. So um, I, honestly, when when I look at the bench now, as opposed to earlier, you got your Onyekas, uh, Jensen, De Silva to come back, um, Wissa, you know, Godos. You got, it's got options now on the bench, so. It's it's really coming into play and it's it's looking a bit more you know exciting and that they, they know with Ericsson coming as well they've all got to step their games up um, so yeah yeah that's a good point isn't it like the quality levels and what levels they know they need to hit just to get on the pitch now because one player's kind of taken a spot hasn't he it's not like he's it's not like he's getting to seventy minutes and he's um, he's blowing and you've got to think about his legs there's there's a that's that's just not happening, is it? And that kind of buzz, what that can do to the training ground and the team and and the other lads can only be a positive thing. Um, the squad's looking strong. It is, the bench is looking good. I think if you think someone like Godos, he's just nowhere near this team at all. You think, where's he even going to come in unless there's mm. a left-back emergency or something? But yeah, it's it's not looking 
too positive down to him for well for him with how far he's gone down the pecking order. But we've got Leicester next. Let's let's have a little chat about them because they're a bit of a weird team. I think watched them against Leeds recently and they were yeah, they were pretty much spanked but came away with a one 0 win. Arsenal Arsenal dominated them um on the weekend. Really just sort of the performance that we kind of put in against one of these top teams. It didn't look good for them at all. Um they've got this European Cup campaign which is going on and I just don't know if they're struggling with the momentum of that and then the weekend matches and then back to Europe and it just feels like they're fizzling out a little bit and they're a team that aren't going to do anything special in the league it's clear that they're sort of meandering around they're probably going to finish mid-table um they were quite good when we played them last time I think it was quite a cagey game we matched up quite well um Tielemann scored that worldie didn't he and as I was mentioning Jensen's sort of the player that takes the blame for probably a bit too much but he was the closest to Tielemann's and it's it's really unfair to say that he didn't react quick enough because it happened so quickly but he just caught was caught ball watching on that split second as Tielemann's rockets went into the top corner um what what are you thinking about Leicester? Are you thinking this is another three points with three wins in a row? Well, I, I probably wouldn't go that far, but I would definitely say it's you know I'd quietly say it to that I, I do fancy our chances to at least get a point. And the reason I say that again, what you've just said, Dave, I think um, they've got they've had a really hectic fixture schedule. Um, I I can't when I watch them, I kind of get the feeling they are actually kind of focusing the Europa League at the moment. Um, and the second leg for them, the fact they're two 0 up, Rens are a good side. Rens, sorry, they're a good side. And um, they, and even though it's two 0 I think Ren popped them off the pitch a little bit. Still, they play some really good stuff, and uh, they will have to go and put a, a full strength eleven out um, on Thursday night. So Sunday, a bit of fatigue. Um, yeah, I, I, Leicester are a funny side. They, you don't really know what you're going to get with them at the moment. Um, I think they're there to had. Um, I don't particularly, I mean, I've got to be careful because they're probably going to have worldies now on Sunday, but I don't particularly <laughs> rate their left-hand side of their back four. I mean, Soyinuchu and Luke Thomas, I think on 1v1 opportunities, I think they're there to be had. I think if we can get at them, um, I think they're really beatable. Um, I think they're just very, on in the transitions, when perhaps if we lose the ball high and higher up and we're out of positions, they are very good at kind of... Um, kind of slicing through in the transition because they've got the likes of, you know, the Tillemans, uh, Madison, and they can kind of release with Harvey Barnes who would just literally just sit on that halfway line or higher up and he'll just go 1v1. So Ayer's going to have to have a big game and we'll, we would expect Ayer just to literally be sitting at right back. He won't be asked to move at all all game. Um, but uh, no Vardy, I think that's massive for them. I think Leicester don't look the same team without Vardy. Um, it, I, I quietly, quietly positive because I don't think they're the free-flowing passing side. I think they don't look particularly comfortable playing out from the back. So again, when we're talking about Yanel, it will be certainly a game for Yanel to go and press high with Tony and stuff like that, play, play, play high, um, because I don't think they've particularly got the players to when to go and play out from the back. When they do kind of get forced on, they haven't got the outlets. They haven't got sort of the outlets, outlets to kind of hold the ball up. So it'll be an interesting game. I, I mean, I don't want to say too much because, you know, Leicester are still a really, really good side. And after all this, you know, they'll, they could easily pop us for a few goals. But um, I, I like to think that we're going to take in a momentum from what we've had in the last few weeks. And we could go and certainly go take the game to them because I don't think, I think that they're, they're certainly vulnerable. Um, I think we've got a good chance. That's all. That's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a bit of dip in Schmeichel's form. I think Sorinchu at the back looks 
I mean, there was talk about him being like the next sort of 70, 80 million pound defender moving. And I think a few people have dodged a bullet on that one. Um, He just looks all over the place, doesn't he? Like, it's just amazing how quickly players can just drop off a cliff. And all of a sudden they're putting in performances that are good. I don't know, it tends to happen to defenders, doesn't it, sometimes? But they're just consistently good and then they look they look imperious and all of a sudden you're thinking gosh this he can be got out every minute of the game and he's actually a big weak link um Jusby Hall's an interesting one as well like he's obviously had a big season for Luton on loan and I, I was surprised they'd have, they've gone for him and he's played so much but he's, he's just an interesting he's an interesting player I think he I think he looks a bit better than he is if when I watch him I, he can get around the pitch okay and I think he's tidy but I don't know. I, I don't think there's quite. I don't think he's quite the midfield. I don't know. Midfield general is a bit weird, a bit of a cliche. But I just don't think he's quite what they think he is. And he plays a lot of football. And you're sort of looking around the team and thinking, why aren't we doing well? Well, it might be because you've kind of got Jewsbury Hall. It's like the Man United thing with um, McTominay. Uh, you're wondering why you're not doing great. It's because you've probably got midfielders that are just on that average level rather than being able to do that little bit extra. Um, but yeah, definitely playing out from the back is a weak thing for them too. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that 4 2 3 one's a bit stale now for them. It's like what's happened to us. You, you kind of, if you haven't got that electric pace running in behind, it just all gets a bit, it just gets a bit predictable and you're moving from out to in and you don't really, you don't really have any, any sort of random bits of attack. It's just very choreographed. But yeah, we we know the danger Madison can bring. He's punished us before. Um, he's a, he is quite a good player, and if he if he does turn it on and drops a couple of shoulders, you, you can he can just bend one in from anywhere. So they have got some threats. Um, we'll see what team they put out. But yeah, I, I don't think we go into the game anything other than confident. Now we we've done our. We feel like we've done our bit. I don't I don't want to say it, but I think because of who we've got those points off in the last few games, it does feel like. It's it's going to take a lot for us to mess this up now. I think we can just bumble away and just pick up a couple of draws and we'll pick up one really fluky, dirty win, which will be enough, won't we? I think, yeah. I mean, it would just take so much for teams below us now to get consistent and pick up enough points to, A, just even catch us, but get above us as well, especially with the goal difference down there. Um, yeah, O to B and Everton, Burnley, or even really a Leeds and Watford fan at this point. It just, we seem mm. to have cut them adrift. But yeah, we've deserved it, and we've worked well, hard and come come out of the right times. Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say three more wins if that's possible, Dave. Just Ooh. to be sure, <laughs> uh, if, if if that's possible. But uh, it was it was the lead result yesterday for me that was a bit like that could be a that could be a game changer. And I don't want to be negative. It's just that if that's a normal one nil win, then it's you know it's a, it's a standard one nil. But the fact it's a ninety fourth minute. It, it kind of picks their jaws off off the floor, doesn't it? A little bit. Um, that's that's the only thing I would say with Leeds. Um, yeah, I, I, the fact is, the fact of the matter is, we've got to play Leeds, Watford, and Everton, and so it's it's very much in our hands. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for us to lose against all of those teams, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to jinx that. I mean, it'd be stupid to to talk like that. But the odds of us losing all four of those are pretty pretty low what we've just seen is us play teams around us like in Burnley and Norwich and um and even Newcastle actually we spent a lot of time with 10 men but I think I think we're too we're too evenly matched for all these teams to lose all of them by yeah by a couple of goals or a goal they're just going to be much tighter games than that and I think we look like we've got the goal for it now to punish those teams so uh, yeah it's it's going to be um 
well, hopefully those teams are so bad as well that they, even if they do beat us, they haven't done enough work against other teams. And they've got to play better teams than us too. So I'm I'm positive now. I think I think it's someone's going to clip this, but I think it's all over. And I don't think it will need to be three wins. I think 35 points will be well enough with um, some of what we've seen from this lot below. But yeah, if you if three wins for you, um, I'm going one and a couple of fluky <laughs> rugged draws and um i think we could be seeing premier league football next year as well well that suits me i'll, I'll take i'll tell you what, I'll take, i don't i don't mind how it happens i'll take what i don't mind but yeah. great stuff yeah jonathan yeah, i'm, I'm, I'm still looking at football <laughs> mate thanks so much for joining me again yeah it's been really good yeah cheers for the questions guys um yeah there's hundreds of ways to support content creators these days please tactical have a kofi page and a patreon where you can support and make sure what they do continues yeah give us a review on apple and um wherever you listen to your podcasts and that leaves me again to say thank you to jonathan oh cheers cheers Dave. thanks for having me mate and we will catch you again next time see ya What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.